Tycoon Dmitry Rybolovlev has been charged by Monaco prosecutors with corruption and influence peddling. That's according to Bloomberg, citing prosecutor Sylvie Petit-Lelea. Rybolovlev uh, and three others were charged on Wednesday. The prosecutor said she couldn't confirm the exact charges against them. The Russian billionaire and the others were detained overnight for questioning and they were later released but have travel restrictions. Russian MPs proposed to toughen penalty for forged documents. The draft bill was passed in the first reading. Those caught using or distributing fake passports may face two or three years in prison. It also concerns those who buy, keep and use forged passports, stamps, prints and blank forms. They may face up to a year in jail. According to Deputy Interior Minister Igor Zubov, in 2017 alone, law enforcement bodies revealed over 10,000 cases of fake documents, and in 2018, the figure reached 19,000. A monument to the famous Russian ballet dancer and choreographer Rudolf Nureyev has been unveiled in Kazan. The official opening ceremony was attended by Tatarstan's president, uh, Rustam Minikhanov, and the monument's author, sculptor Zurab Tseretelli. Rudolf Nureyev was a Soviet, British and French ballet dancer and soloist of the Leningrad Opera Ballet Theatre. In 1961, after the completion of the company's tour in France, he asked the political asylum, becoming one of the most famous defectors in the Soviet Union. Moscow's metro and the central circle will be open until 2 a.m. tonight due to the football match between Tseska and Roma that has already started at Luzhniki Stadium. From 4 p.m. to 2 a.m., the trains will be moving with a five-minute interval. From 10 p.m. to 1 a.m., the Luzhniki Central Circle will be open only for entrance. Also, some of the nearby streets will be closed for traffic from 11 p.m. Traffic is currently rated 3 out of 10 on Moscow's roads. According to our interactive map, driving time to Shrimetyeva Airport from the city centre and back is 55 minutes each way. You'll spend an hour and 20 minutes on your way to Domodedovo Airport and an hour getting back from the airport to the city centre. And driving time to Vnukova is an hour and 45 is an hour and 45 minutes getting back into central Moscow. Weather. 
Plus 10 degrees Celsius in San Francisco, plus 13 in Vienna, and plus 8 degrees Celsius in Prague. It's plus 4 degrees Celsius here in Moscow. Tomorrow is partly cloudy with a chance of rain overnight, and as high as plus 5 degrees Celsius, 41 Fahrenheit. That's it for this hour. More news at the top of the hour. Stay with us. With Alan Moore. Good evening and welcome to Mainland Europe's number one English radio language sports show. This is Capital Sports on Moscow's Capital FM. I'm Alan Moore. Spinning on the tunes is DJ Nikki Stay. Yes, I am. <laughs> Thank you, Nikki. Not spinning. She's not like she's sitting still, not spinning around on the pressing uh, the buttons. Pressing pressing our buttons exactly. And in the studio is our very own tipster supreme, Andy McLean. Also pressing your buttons, Alan. Thank you very much. It feels very good tonight. And we've also allowed to break their curfew tonight. We've got Peter P. What's, what's going on? And Alex B. How's it hanging? Okay, very, very good. I'm glad folks, they are actually cleaner than that they were going to say, so I'm quite okay with that. Okay, so let's roll on. We have a gargantuan feast tonight for your ears with the very best news, views, previews, reviews and interviews in the world of sport. We have UEFA Champions League and Europa League. We have the English and Russian Premier Leagues. And we have a little look at football uh, around the world because there are some interesting things going on and with some rugby matches coming up also. Uh, we'll give a bit of a heads up on that. That's uh, what's taking place this weekend. And the question we posed earlier on on our social media, when is a poppy not a flower? Well, maybe when it's seen as a symbol of conflict, war, murder or even oppression. And just how much should athletes involve themselves in politics and should they in the face of racist, sectarian or general abuse from fans or media, just shut up and get on with their jobs. Right, well, we're going to kick off with something decent right away because last night we had a, a Moscow club in Champions League action. Of course, Lokomotiv were away looking to get their first point. Uh, they scored a goal last week against, or the last game against Porto, so they're looking for their first point. Uh, Andy, did they get that win or even that draw last night? No, it was a big disappointment. Um, yet again, really. I mean, they, they were lacklustre against Porto two weeks ago and it was an even bigger defeat this time around, finishing 4-1. Yeah, I mean, we did mention it before the game. I mean, we tweeted it out that it was a very um, unusual line, shall we say, playing um, Fernandes, Manu Fernandes, at left full-back. Now, you had, a, you had a good reason why it could be like that or why it should be like that. I had a theory that perhaps they saw a weakness down the right-hand side when, when we watched it live. Certainly Porto's right-back that night looked a bit vulnerable, wasn't really sure of himself, wasn't getting forward, and perhaps Xiamen decided to, to have a go, but clearly it didn't work from almost the get-go. Exactly, because, I mean, uh, Fernandes was immediately at fault for that first goal because it came from down that left-hand side or the Porto right. Just two oh, minutes in as well. Exactly, and it was less. It was one, one minute, 25 seconds, I think it was on the clock. Well, you know, anyway, it was a bit of a sickener. It started the game off wrong. The absolute downpour uh, there that just really, you know, it sort of, it, it did hamper the game overall. Of course, uh, Porto ran out 4-1 winners in the end. Now, Barcelona, they had a, a tough enough one in Milan against Inter. Uh, they drew 1-1. Napoli 1-1 against uh, Paris Saint-Germain. Schalke in the same group as Lokomotiv. Of course, they won 2-0 at home against Galatasaray. So that's leaving it very, very tough for the last two games for Lokomotiv. They have Galatasaray and Schalke, of course. Uh, Galatasaray at home and Schalke away. Spurs won. Well, they were expected to win, but they had a tough one against the PSV Eindhoven. They won 2-1. AS Monaco again losing 4-0 at home to Club Bruges. That was just an absolute hammer for them. And Bruce Dortmund lost on the road 2-0 away to Atletico Madrid. But the biggest shocker night, the game I watched, because I watched it before, of course, the uh, Lokomotiv game, Red Star Belgrade 2-0 up 
two goals in the space of seven minutes or six minutes and you know Bell, rest our Belgrade beating Liverpool 2-0 at home I kept an eye on it and I noticed I, I wasn't really paying full attention but I did notice that I think Liverpool in the first about 60 minutes in with an hour gone they hadn't actually had a shot on target that's so right we, yeah um, and proof was Napoli struggled when they went to Belgrade and I think you know there are there are teams that are much more suited to having a home crowd behind them creating a bit of a cauldron of an atmosphere and it's a difficult place to go to historically but this is Red Star really putting themselves back or Cervini Svezda putting themselves back on the map again yeah they've been called Cervini uh, Svezda again by uh, Sky Sports the app which is like very very strange okay tonight uh, there's already been one game kicked off CSK Moscow at home against AS Roma as Green had mentioned earlier on and it's already 1-0 to Roma any update on that? It's still 1-0 after... The goal went in four minutes in. It was Manalas for Roma, um, who actually have... They've never lost in in Moscow. They've played uh, four times, one three drawn one. So I think it's a big uphill struggle for Serzka now. Okay, so that's tough for them. Also kicking off tonight is Valencia and Young Boys. Uh, Of course, that's in Spain. Uh, No score there so far after 13 minutes. Bayern Munich at home to AK Athens. That's kicking off at... um, Excuse me, at 11 o'clock Moscow time. Am I right? Yes. Yep. Just before. Yep. 5-2. 5-2. Uh, Benfica at home against Ajax Amsterdam. Juve against Man United. That's a big one of the night. Uh, to see, you know, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what Juve are going to do, especially in the light of all this going around, on around the club right now. Leon are home against TSG Hoffenheim. Uh, Man City, of course, they're looking to try and, you know, to... to, to well, they, they need to beat Shakhtar Donetsk. There's a lot going on in that game. Uh, and, oh, it's 1-0 to Young Boys, correct? Uh, Valencia. The Valencia, excuse me. Oh, Mina, just one nil. 1-0 after 14 minutes. Okay. Uh, and Victoria Pilsen there at home against Real Madrid. That's going to be tough for them kicking off this evening as well. Now, Andy, look at those games tonight. Uh, that Benfica-Ajax one should be good, but the Juve-Man United one, that is the pick of the bunch, isn't it? Yeah, you mentioned Benfica-Ajax. Traditionally, Benfica have been decent at home in Europe, but recently, I think over the last 10 games, I think nine of their last 10 at home in Europe have had under 2.5 goals. It's a big one for Ajax because this has been their best start uh, for a Dutch club, I think, since 2006-07 when PSV had a good t- good, good side at the time. So it'll be a very interesting one. I think it'll be cagey and, and a low-scoring affair. So you don't think there won't be that many... You know, I think there'll be goals. a goal in it here okay, or there. So one. Okay, Juve Manu. I mean, looking at it, Manchester United, they, they should be doing well. They should be, you know, going and giving Rome a bit of a rattle, but it's... Uh... Yeah, Manchester United haven't really got too much to lose here because I think Juventus at home have been pretty formidable and they've just started to really up it a notch at the moment. I think they're actually still unbeaten this season in about 14 games. So, pressure off perhaps Manchester United, but, I mean, it's never off really. And with the with the spotlight on Mourinho, you just feel that every game is sort of like a must-win game or they need to get something from it. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one for them. Okay, uh, tomorrow night, of course, we have a full round of Europa League fixtures. Uh, Arsenal against Sporting uh, in London. That's kicking off at 11 o'clock our time here. That's a good one, Arsenal and Sporting. I mean, like, Arsenal are doing very, very well. They did slip up recently. They, they, again, we, we covered that against Crystal Palace, but they're really on form. I think that's 14 games now unbeaten um, since about, I think it was the 18th of September they lost 2-0 to Chelsea. Um, and they've just kept going and going and going. And even when they've rotated in the Europa League, they've still produced results when they've called on the likes of Danny Welbeck, who perhaps isn't what you well, would class as a... Front f- line, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, they, they're still churning out results, which is 
I mean, incredible compared to last season. And, uh, I mean, cr all credit really goes to Unai Emery for hitting the ground running there. Exactly. And speaking of Unai Emery, and of course his former club, Spartak Moscow, are kind of managerless at the moment. They're at home against Rangers. That's a, that's, that's a tough one for both sides, but I have a sneaky feeling that Rangers could at least get a draw out of this one. I'm inclined, unfortunately, to agree with you on that one. I Spartak are in such disarray at the moment. I, I really can't see how they're going to put the, the pieces of that puzzle back together. Um, and yet, yeah, Rangers have been terrible on the road. I think one win since March. Um, but they've actually been doing all right in the Europa League. It seems to give them a bit of respite. And they've just started to perhaps get themselves back into contention in the Scottish Premier League. Yeah, I mean, I heard this uh, at the weekend on one of the well, sports programmes from home saying that, oh, Rangers seem to have turned a corner, but they seem to be turning corner after corner, and that means they're going in circles. Yeah, I mean, two away wins against St Mirren and Hamilton. How much uh, of a corner yeah, is that? Exactly, yeah, well, academical, academical, of course, just like Hamilton. So, of course, that's uh, Spartak against Rangers tomorrow at uh, 5 to 9. Celtic there at home against uh, Red Bull Leipzig. And uh, interesting, at 11 o'clock, Celtic, they, they have to win that. They have to, to have any chance to play in the spring. They need to win that game. Yeah, we need to win. Uh, sorry, Celtic need to win that, rather, um, <laughs> to have any chance. I mean, Nicky's the, giggling away there on the far side of the monitor. Okay, far away. The, the, the one interesting thing that's come out of that is that Red Bull have now, ad Leipzig, have now admitted that Timo Werner has a serious toe injury of some kind where he can't actually play week in, week out. So it seems like he's been ruled out, which is a plus for Celtic. But, I mean, Red Bull have got other players that they can turn to. But yeah, must win for Celtic and... Good one. Okay. Otherwise they're gone. Uh, looking, of course, at Krasnodar, they are kicking off at 5-9 to nine, uh, against Standard Liège. So a, a decent one. Krasnodar are really doing well like right now. Yeah, they're, they're sort of so-so sometimes in the league here, but they in the Europa League, they're very, very good. They let us down for a, qu a, a clean sweep, rather. At in, least I did last weekend, yeah. In the tips last weekend. But yeah... Um, they, they've been I mean Ari we've talked about a number of times they've, they've hit a real spurt of form and have looked very dangerous and really punching above their weight in Europe OK of course two two games with French interest one Bordeaux at home against Zenit so Zenit I mean they're of course top of the Russian league uh, going to Bordeaux looking to do well I think they should have a, a decent chance he's getting a point yeah Bordeaux have been for want of a better word, complete pants this season, um, despite having a good squad. And I think Zenit made a meal of it last time, just scraping past with, yeah. with, with a 2-1 win. So I think they should be looking to get something from that. Of course, one big game is interesting because a, a friend of the show, uh, Adrian Morvan, he has gone down to Kiev to watch his club, Stad Render, playing Dynamo Kiev in Kiev tomorrow. Uh, and the other one is quite interesting, our neighbouring country there in uh, Borisov. Borisov are playing at home against Chelsea. That's going to be a tough one for, for, for Bate because I can't see past Chelsea putting three, four goals past them. I think Chelsea will rotate considering that they've had a busy period, but Bate have, have always done all right at home in European competition. They shocked Bayern Munich those years back, 2012. And they, I thought they did okay at Stamford Bridge. I mean, I mean I didn't, no one really expected anything. They got a goal, sort of made a game of it temporarily, but... Yeah. yeah, difficult one for Chelsea. So I guess those batty boys are made of certain stuff. Well, you never know. Okay, so uh, very, very quick before we go out to break, uh, we're going to have a little look at rugby because this weekend, of course, there are, well, this Saturday there are three fixtures up. Uh, Wales at home against Australia. That's kicking off at 8.20 uh, p.m. Moscow time. Uh, before that, or in the morning, I should say, uh, England are, are at home against New Zealand. But it's actually away against New Zealand. No, it's home against New Zealand. Uh, so that's a... Uh, uh, 
8pm as well. I think it's 8pm Moscow time. I think it might be, yeah. Yeah, I think it is. And then, of course, Scotland are home against Fiji. So that's a tough one for, for Scotland. Fiji are big boys. Yeah, very quick. Um, obviously more suited to the Sevens game with all of that pace and power. I think we've got a chance. I mean, if, if we want to do anything, you should be beating nations like Fiji if, if, if you want to consider yourself in a sort of top Especially five. Especially the World Cup so- year coming up as yeah. well. Okay. Uh, and finally, that England-New Zealand game, is that going to be worth watching? I think so. New Zealand, I believe, um, shipped about 35 points against Japan uh, the previous game. So England kept it very tight to sneak a win over South Africa. New Zealand are, I mean, the standout team and have been for a long, long time in, in rugby union. So I think that it should be a very interesting game. There seems to be a bit of chop and change. It seemed a bit of a contentious win against South Africa. I think some of the South African team were, were well, a bit I mean, unhappy was, with yeah, the result. Yeah, some of the tackles as well. Again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in England got a good win under their belt and perhaps will go in with a bit of confidence, but I think New Zealand might be too good. Okay. Right, we're going to go to the break right now because when we come back, we're going to have uh, everyone chatting about some contentious issues um, on and off the field in the, uh, the English League and also kind of having a little bit of compare contrast with what's going on in the NFL and general sport in North America as well. So we're going to head to the break. Uh, this is uh, Foster the People and call it what you want. And although, Alan, your musical taste is impeccable, we are going to listen to Katy Perry and birthday because we want to congratulate oh, you with being 18 all over again. Capital Sports with Alan Moore.
special guest. Hey, this is Becky Hayes. Listen to the BCM Radio Show every Friday on Capital FM Moscow 105.3. Every Friday at 1am on Capital FM Moscow. I like the way you do your Okay, after that uh, shock song, um, we're back. Uh, uh, folks, you don't realize just how much it took for me not to just start to use, yes, let's just say, um, industrial language, but uh, I didn't go full James McLean on that one. Right. Um, speaking of James McLean, we've a kind of a serious topic to, to discuss right now and something I think it's 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 important to bring up because um, there is an Irish player, James McLean, he's from Derry, he's from the Craigan up in Derry, and he's been the subject of, you know, a lot of uh, abuse, verbal abuse and threatened physical abuse as well. Uh, he's a football player playing with Stoke City, of course he plays with the Irish national team as well. He chose to play for for the Republic of Ireland team because even though he's you know born and raised in Northern Ireland, which of course is part of the United Kingdom, he never felt at home. And of course, Northern Irish football is slightly, let's say, orange in that way of saying. So it's very, very unfortunate. A lot of people who are there do not really care about, let's say, the nationalist or Catholic uh, part of the divide. And it's always been you know a, a huge issue in Northern Ireland, especially now with Brexit coming up, it's going to get even worse. Um, now, of course, we've seen athletes taking a stand, like Colin Kaepernick, he say he's taking a knee, and then we had, a, as uh, Andy reminded me before we came in here, a, a, a cheerleader was on her knees as well, um, protesting the, you know, kind of like, you know, Black Lives Matter. Um, and now Nemanja Matic has thrown his um, jersey into the ring and said he refuses to wear the uh, poppy. Now, of course, I'll just say the poppy, this was said, why is a poppy not just a flower? The poppy, uh, of course, comes, uh, I'll let Andy explain this one in a moment, but basically the poppy is used as a fundraising tool. So you buy the poppy badge to raise funds for the British Legion. So ex-soldiers and so on who may be on hard times are just basically to help them out as well. And it's a very, very good, worthy cause. However... Um, even though it is based on the First World War, the Great War, it has been kind of hijacked um, by, let's just say, nationalistic uh, elements. And also that is now, if you go on British TV, if you go to speak on, even on radio, uh, you kind of are being forced. Once there's a photo up there, you have to wear a poppy. And it seems to be and from a little small, little real poppy or a small little badge, now it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Basically, now it's like taking up half your chest. Um, so, you know, Nemanja Matic said he, he refused because he grew up in war. He was 12 years old, 12 years old when NATO bombed uh, Belgrade. James McLean, of course, grew up in Derry, where, of course, there was the Bloody Sunday shooting back in 1972. Of course, he wasn't born then, but those scars live on. Um, and, you know, when we've seen this growing militarization and interference in sports, you know, not just US, not just UK sports, but around the world, that this kind of growth, in of the military kind of pushing in and putting their symbols on sports because now the um, English Premier League and Championship as well all jerseys have a poppy sewn on so James McLean fell foul of the masses um, who he called cavemen uh, you know know, in unfortunate language because a lot of people just don't quite get it that he doesn't want to wear the poppy on his shirt because of what happened in his town and he feels that it's not just representing the First World War it's representing uh, all British soldiers, which it does. It's for all British um, soldiers who served in all different conflicts, whether it be Afghanistan, Iraq, Egypt, even some now in Syria, and all the way through history. So, you know, even those who served in Derry. So I'm going to hand it, Andy, 
where did this whole uh, poppy thing come from? Well, the poppy thing itself came from a poem um, written by, I believe, a, a, a Canadian serviceman fighting in, in, in World War One or the Great War, um, who witnessed um, a friend or a, a fellow soldier, soldier die, um, and it was called In Flanders Fields. And the iconic part of this is after people died and the war had ended, it was, it was poppies that grew up through the earth that effectively in, in soldiers' graves. And since then, since about 1921, I think, the Royal British Legion has been raising money for veterans who have suffered or for, you know, potential things that could happen in the future and for, as some um, people within the army say, who are against the poppy, say that it is actually funding some sort of war in, in some way. So this is where a lot of the, the divide over the poppy comes from is that some people say it's actually exacerbating certain wars now rather than helping those people that have suffered within them, which, in the case of James McLean, the footballer, he's saying that people have suffered at the hands of, 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 of the British army. OK, I mean, um, but it goes forward in this in terms of James McLean because he doesn't just take abuse in November when this uh, comes about. He takes abuse every single game he plays from his own fans and from the opposition fans as well. Well, I've got a statement here which um, he posted up this week, which was, Week in, week out, for the past seven years, I get constant sectarian abuse, death threats, objects being thrown, chanting which is heard loud and clear every week, which my family, wife and children have to listen to. And the Football Association turn a blind eye, not a single word or condemnation of any sort. So that goes to show you that this isn't something that is just in November. This is something that he feels that he deals with. And there was a similar situation where perhaps not quite the same with uh, Neil Lennon, who is also from Northern Ireland, Catholic, decided to play for Northern Ireland, who the week before came out and said he has been suffering similar abuse since he moved to Scotland. Well, he got a bullet sent to him in the post. Yes. When he moved to Celtic and was still playing for Northern Ireland at the time, he said that he had not been threatened in any way up until the moment he joined Celtic, which stands for the Catholic migrants, or was founded by Catholic migrants in, in Scotland. Okay, so, I mean, if, if, for example, if James McLean, if he was uh, of Afro-Caribbean extraction, if he was of uh, Asian extraction, if he was like Pakistani or Indian uh, heritage, would this be allowed to go on? Well, this is where the debate has sort of come from this week, is that Nemanja Matic, who is not British, and in theory, I mean, James McLean obviously does have that link to it but has decided to play for the Republic of Ireland with if you were to roll it back 15 years ago the likes of Dennis Irwin Roy Keane who represented the Republic of Ireland were considered foreign players in the Champions League they weren't allowed to be one of your your native players as such they were considered foreigners but if if this if if uh, James McLean regardless of where he was born if the abuse that he's suffering now for his religion number one and his ethnicity that he's Irish if, he, if this was a Nigerian player getting this abuse, if this was uh, an, uh, an Asian player, what would happen then? Would the FA just stand idly by again? Well, this is it. You'd, you'd, have, you'd have fans banned from grounds. You'd have probably um, uh, organisations like Kick It Out, which is against racism being involved. And we have seen a huge step being made in that regard over the last sort of 20 years where people are desperately trying to remove that from the terraces, from the move that from the grounds because it has had a, a serious impact on people. This issue hasn't really been, perhaps, 
given enough attention, enough light, because we feel like they are our own almost. You know, yeah. Irish people and Brits, although they might have different history, different heritage, culture, religion, everyone feels like they're not foreigners. So perhaps that's why this issue has been, you know, slightly ignored by the FA. Okay, Peter, you were you were researching this. I mean, does this surprise you that, like, you know, someone could be abused just for not wearing a political symbol? Not really. I mean, <clears throat> look at Cole Ka like Kaepernick and how much uh, abuse he's uh, receiving from uh, pretty much everybody. Pretty much everybody uh, with him with him kneeling uh, dur during the national anthem. But uh, but what I think is, um, I mean. It's 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 not like against the law to do that. So I think he has every right to do so. Uh, like Cole Kaepernick, I I support his uh, what what he's doing. He's uh, trying to uh, uh, get people's attention to a cause, a noble cause, which he's done. I mean, uh, he, he outrage is a is a uh, is a, some sort of feedback from 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 him doing that. But what I I also think. I also disagree with him because it, it, it divides the peoples. Because because um, in order to solve some issue, you have to get everybody's uh, like everybody to come together and solve this issue. What he's doing is dividing the people, and I think that's no way to solve a, an issue. So okay, so you admire him for what he's doing, but another way you're saying well, maybe yeah, he, he, he shouldn't be divided. Okay, that's that's and, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Alex, what do you do? You agree on that? Do you think that is uh, like that's about you know, Colin Kaepernick? Yeah. Uh, I think that, um, well, although it's not against the, well, it wasn't when he was doing this. It wasn't against the NFL like uh, rules, rules or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I think uh, he used whatever platform he could get to spread this message. So a lot of people don't agree with him for doing that, you know, during the game because it would be much more effective. People would say to do it in front of like a police station or something in his free time. But uh, he could he used whatever platform he could to spread his message and. Um, you may not agree with them, but you have to respect them for that. Yeah, and, okay. And um, I think Nike started sponsoring him. Yeah, and that was, have you heard of that? Yeah, well, no, that's, that's yeah. actually actually they're not. He signed a contract with them, which which is sort of like why would you do that if if it's a no, if it's if, it's if a you're doing cause. it for a cause and but you're receiving money from it. Yeah, which is kind of like I don't it, know. No, this is this is where I this is where I I kind of like drew the line for myself because I think he's right. To, okay, I know that the last few seasons his product, productivity was going down as a quarterback because he was a phenomenally good player, but he was getting worse, worse, worse. He was misbehaving off the field. He was involved. He'd beaten up his uh, wife, girlfriend. He'd been sort of having some personal issues. However. Taking a stand he did, okay, he was right to take it. It was kind of like, guys, we have to discuss this. Okay, Peter, I know you say he's dividing people, but the other way I say, okay, he needs well, to take a stand. I, 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 like, you have to understand, it's, it's his platform, so it's yes, nothing, wrong, no, it. nothing wrong with him. Agree, for agree. And, but when he signed with Nike, this is Nike who are behind you know, this uh, experimentation up in, uh, where is it, in Oregon, the Nike process. Or, like, you know, they, they have no, no, you know, whether they're making little children in Bangladesh uh, make shoes and making huge profits and you're signing athletes who should never be even near sport and backing doping and so on. I mean, Andy, surely then you just want to, if it's Colin Kaepernick, say, no, thanks, I'll go to Adidas. Yeah, it's a difficult one for me because I'm, I'm not against political statements within sport. I, I think it's a great way of getting more people who perhaps aren't interested in that aspect of, of, of society or life 
and getting it out to a much wider perspective, especially when it's a lot of these games are televised to millions and millions of people. You you know your reach is going to be much greater than standing outside a police your local police station would ever be. But, okay, but, well that's a, that's a point, but still you. You know, you can Instagram it, you can whatever. You, Absolutely. You I, 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 I do think he's gone the wrong way about it and has divided an awful lot of people. And actually, he's the one that's benefited rather than perhaps the people that he wanted to, you know, to, to sell out. He's benefited and nothing's really changed. So the fact that his career was coming off the rails, that he got a big payoff to be kicked out of his uh, 49ers team... And he's making more money off the back. Uh, okay. He actually, he like opted out his contract. He like he was about to get kicked out, and then he just, I don't know. This is a person I'd never heard of. I'm not. I, I do watch NFL now and again, but I'd never heard of this man he, until he this. was. No, he was a superb player, but he'd gone backwards. Alex, you well, want to jump in? Yeah, the actual issue that people have with Colin Kaepernick is that um, people don't actually. You don't actually think that when you see somebody kneeling during the national anthem and like a lot of like Americans like with their pride for the country and everything, when they see somebody sitting down for the national anthem, like that aggravates a lot of people. And before they even do the research to like to, oh, to see like what's actually what's the reason for doing that. So, uh, well, uh, that, that's a good point. But, you know, I remember not that I'm OK. But thank you very much for me. It's my birthday today. But I, I, I'm, still, I'm doing, still doing the mathematics. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm still relatively young enough but still old enough that I remember when there were no national anthems played before NFL games that's like 20 years ago so I mean this came in especially after the Iraq war uh, the first Iraq war back in 1990 when everything started getting militarized and I've seen this as well with this poppy issue in the UK where if you don't wear a poppy you're you're against us and you've guys like you know I can quote someone saying like you know if they don't want to wear the poppy they should go work in their own country I mean come on I know there's like tension and so on, but, but I want to. This is a league where most of them are now foreigners. Exactly, yeah. And I mean, what, one thing is like, just say here in Russia, uh, of course, around, around Victory Day, everyone wears the George's right, uh, the ribbon. The ribbon, yeah. Uh, this, this, this year, we had a, uh, a, a very nice and polite celebration at, at a campus nearby um, where everyone was got around and there was like some speeches and sort of like, you know, relatively polite show said just kind of thing like you know just remember people who fell and so on and so forth uh, one last thing about the NFL what's actually funny is that the same constitution that tells you that you can be kneeling during the national anthem is the same constitution that states that the American flag only has to stand upright and how did they have a flag before the games it's like that's as much against the constitution well, as I mean, it is to sit down so. but this is the whole this is the whole thing so, uh, just finish with saying with the, the, the George's um, uh, ribbon was that um, I, my colleagues and students were wearing it and I said no I won't wear it because it's not a statement that I'm against it's just that I feel uncomfortable feel a with part it. of it yeah because it's, it's not right I'm, I'm being fake and same with, with poppies as well when you know deep in my heart I know that's well that's the Royal British well. Legion themselves say it is your choice can, yet Nemanja Matic you could see where it had been unstitched you, you yeah, know I'm what sure. like um, my grandfather actually he like he's a survivor of the war and what he does on, um, he doesn't he doesn't wear the ribbon too, and he doesn't really like to talk about it because he's he's an actual survivor and like to him, so like he when he I mean it's regarded nowadays as like a celebration right everybody goes around celebrating but to him is a like it's a, it's, a, it's a trauma so like he doesn't really like to uh, I don't know. This is this is bringing it back. This is bringing it back to the essence of it all. I mean, I know we've moved from Colin Kaepernick to to the war in Russia and so on, and so on. But it is kind of like to each their own, and we each remember in our own way. And it's kind of like it's something that we have to um, 
you know, own in, in, in that sense. It's commemoration and respect. Exactly, because a lot, it's like, I always say, it's not just the, the people who fought, the soldiers, civilians, it's everyone who died on all sides, because we have to respect them all, because most of the time, you, you get told what to do, that's it, and, and we should respect them. Okay, we're going to go out to the break, I don't have a Bull's notion of what is coming up for the song, so Nikki, you're, you just tell me what's coming up. Grace Kelly and Micah. Sports with Alan Moore. I want to talk to you. The last time we talked, Mr. Smith, you reduced me to tears. I promise you it won't happen again. Do I attract you? Do I repulse you with my queasy smile? Am I too dirty? Am I too flirty? Do I like what you like? Yeah, I could be wholesome. I could be loathsome. Guess I'm a little bit shy. Why don't you like me? Why don't you like me without making me try? I try to be like Grace Kelly.
every Thursday at 9pm. Capital Stand Up with Steve Foreman on Capital FM Moscow. Are you serious? Capital Commercial. Бытовые вакуумные упаковщики Каса продлевают срок хранения продуктов до пяти раз. Защищают продукты от морозного ожога. Экономят ваши деньги. Двойной запаечный шов. Съемная вакуумная камера. Импульсный режим. Более 10 моделей в ассортименте. Официальный представитель Каса в России компания Comfort Max. Телефон 495 921 0288. With Alan Moore. Okay, we're back, folks, for the last segment of this week's Capital Sports. But we are not going to run away into this dark, cold Moscow night without first giving you a rundown on results and fixtures from uh, from the English and Russian Premier Leagues. And a little bit of an update, another couple of goals scored. Young boys, they had equalised, but they got a bit of a spanking and are now back 2-1 down. And it's just half-time there. It's still 1-0 at the uh, Luzhniki for Siska and Roma. It's a uh, one-minute injury time added on there. Right. So, last weekend, uh, we were, of course, Capital Sports, myself and Nikki, we covered the uh, Luck Boutique game. That was great, actually. That was like, the best out we've done since the World Cup, Nikki. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was fun. I did some research. <laughs> I know. And you were like, asking, like, nailing the questions and like, oh, I, I had to think. It was, it was a strange, it was a very, very strange atmosphere. It was like 13,000 people, something like that. Um, However, Locomotive, they got the win, uh, 3-1, of course. Guys, what did you think of the game? We were, like, the three of us, myself and Alex and Peter were there. I mean, it was a strange atmosphere, wasn't it? Um, it was, it was actually. Well, uh, remember I told you that they're, they're, they're going to win this the, before they... Because, yeah, I, I, I think it was a... I, I was at the last game the, the Arsenal played, um, uh, I mean, uh, Loco, I was supposed to say yeah, Liverpool. Yeah, last, yeah, last season, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah, they they played well. Uh, uh, local played well against them, so I expected no- nothing less. You did else. say yeah. You did say it was going to be a win. So of course, Dinamo Moscow and Siska that ended in a nil nil draw on Saturday afternoon. So that was good for Lokomotiv, of course. Zenit won one nil at home against Ahmad. Not a surprise. Krasnodar two two at home to Rostov. So that was like uh, bad for us, but good for well good for Loco again Spartak they continued in free fall losing 2-1 at home to Ural Yekaterinburg but then again Yekaterinburg they're not a bad side but Spartak should have done better they're playing absolutely terrible football right now and massive ructions in the camp as well Auroborg they won 1-0 at home to Rubin Ufa lost 2-1 at home to Krylisovitov Samara and Angie Makhachkala they won 2-1 against Yenisei really I think Yenisei are already down before the season is out Andy any surprises in last weekend's uh, results? Um, I guess CSKA not getting a winner against Dinamo Moscow although it's a derby it's a difficult one I think they they almost played 30 odd minutes against 10 men disappointing for them considering that other teams slipped up below them and obviously Lokomotiv and uh, Zenit both stretched out a little bit in front Zenit are obviously still quite a bit clear yeah I mean they're 7 points ahead uh, Lokomotiv back in now they're moved up into 2nd place after remember they were down 10th place at one stage Uh, they're behind by 7 points on 24 Krasnodar they are just sneaking back up again they're in 3rd place on 23 Rostov 22 Siska 20 and as bad as Spartak are they are still still in the hunt they are on 19 points in 6th place Dinamo doing a lot better than last season they are in 11th place on 15 points they're still close to a relegation battle but doing an awful lot better and of course as we said before Fyodor Chalov he is top of the scoring charts on 8 and Ari our good old buddy he is second with 6 goals scored right for this coming week okay guys who's going to tell me who, what's coming up this weekend 
All right. Uh, on Friday, we got Arsenal playing Anji at 7.30. Then uh, Saturday, we got Ural playing Orienborg at 2 o'clock. Then we got Krylia Savedov uh, playing Ahmad at 4.30. And then uh, Dynamo playing Rostov at 7 o'clock. Okay, that's away in Rostov. What do you reckon? Is that going to be a Moscow win or a Southern victory? I think Rostov have been... I mean, I still think they've got the tightest defence in the league this year, despite conceding about five goals in their last three league fixtures. And they've now started scoring. Um, so I think one of my tips this weekend is going to be a Rostov win. OK, because they, they, it was... Basically, Lokomotiv blew their defence apart, actually, at home, because they had... They, I think they conceded four goals up at that point, and uh, Lokomotiv took them apart. So, OK, so a Rostov win at home. OK, all right. Who who have we got coming up on Sunday? Uh, on Sunday, we have Ufa playing Spartak at 2 o'clock. Then we have Krasnodar playing Yenisei at 4. Then at 4.30, we have Ruben and Lokomotiv. And... At 7, we'll have CSKA playing Zenit. Okay, that's a big, big one this weekend. At 7 o'clock, Siska at home to Zenit. That's a must-win for Siska to, to try and stay in the hunt, isn't it? I think it's a must-win for Siska for the rest of the league, really, just to keep it interesting. Otherwise, Zenit are just going to coast clear and it's going to be all over before we, we, we get to March, really. Um, but interestingly enough, the last three meetings between Siska and Zenit have finished... In a draw? Nil-nil. Okay, so okay, might not be too many goals. Lokomotiv away to Rubin. That that's a tough ask for them because I mean Rubin are not doing that badly this season. I mean they're they're a decent side. They have a lot of money troubles, but they're in eighth place, nineteen points. They scored thirteen goals, but their defence is leaking a wee bit as well. They really, really missed uh, Sada Asman up front. They were absolutely woeful against Orenberg, if I'm honest. They, I mean, no bite whatsoever. Orenberg dominated the game, got a penalty, saw it out. Ruben didn't really trouble them up front and despite playing a ridiculously defensive formation looked a little bit vulnerable. Of course, and Ruby, they're going to be playing in the springtime against Lokomotiv again at home in the Cup because of course last week Lokomotiv won in the Cup against Yenese. Okay, um, what have you got tipped for this weekend in the Russian Premier League, Andy? So as I mentioned, I think Rostov um, snuck, unfortunately for us, to ruin it as we had Angie doubled with them uh, with Krasnodar. Uh, for our RPL double, Angie being over 2-1. to one. Krasnodar got in front. I think Rostov getting an away draw, scoring twice. I think they'll be too good for Dinama. In the other game... I can't remember who I'd put down. I'm going for Spartak in trouble. The last six... Uh, the last seven games they've met Ufa. Six of them have been both teams to score. So both, so teams, both score teams to score Ufa versus Spartak Ufa a decent team as well because uh, Semak of course who was up at Zenit now he did a great job setting them up and they're very difficult to beat of course he played in Europe this season for the first ever time now before we go we have a very very well, not before we go we go across to the English League of course but uh, before we do we have a very 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 quick surprise giveaway a 2000 ruble gift voucher you can go into Katie O'Shea's on Mokovaya for food and drink worth 2000 rubles Simple, simple question. Just text in, text in, plus seven, nine, two, five, one, 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 zero, five, three, okay? Or just message on WhatsApp as well. Message in, who is playing tonight? Is it Siska or Lokomotiv? Send it in very, very quick. So, Siska or Lokomotiv, who's playing tonight? Siska or Lokomotiv, plus seven, nine, two, five, one, 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 zero, five, three, to win that 2,000 ruble gift voucher. You have around eight minutes to get it in, so quick. We're being very, very nice to you tonight. This is a birthday treat for me, and thanks to Steve Conway from Katie's as well, because he said... As, as it's my birthday today, he's going to give this 2,000 ruble gift voucher away. We can't win it, though. 
That's a happy birthday to you, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know. Yeah, thanks very much. So I had I get a gift to give. A Here's gift. your gift. It's gone. There you go. Okay. All right, Alex. What's coming up in the uh, English Premier League? We're going to ask you just one moment because first we're having a look at the results from last week. So, of course, we had a full round of matches last weekend in the English Premier League, starting on Saturday. Uh, Man City, Man United, excuse you, even they won away two one against Bournemouth. Uh, Everton 3-1 win at home against Brighton and Hove Avenue that's uh, they're picking up West Ham in the highest scoring game of the weekend 4-2 at home to Burnley a 1-1 both teams scored a pretty it's a downer we did say over 2.5 but uh, a 1-1 Arsenal and Liverpool Wolves losing at home again to uh, Spurs so Wolves the bubble has burst yeah, I, I really think so. They they seem to be struggling a little bit. That was the first game that they'd scored in, actually, for, for I think, three games before that. They'd, they'd gone goalless. Uh, but Spurs winning did bring in our EPL double last weekend. That's the main thing. OK, Man City, they hammered Southampton 6-1 at home. Chelsea winning 3-1 again. Uh, 3-1 against uh, Crystal Palace and of course Huddersfield they won 1-0 at home on the Monday night match against Fulham I had the misfortune to actually stay up and watch that and it was god awful right this weekend what is coming up Alex? Uh, so on Saturday we have quite a bit of games we have at 3.30 we have Brighton at Cardiff then at 6 we have 4 games we have West Ham at Huddersfield we have Burnley at Leicester we have Bournemouth at Newcastle and ladies and gentlemen this is the big one we have Watford taking on Southampton and not Waterford as well ok so Andy from those games so far uh, the early kickoffs uh, on Saturday what do you reckon? the one that's standing out to me just for value this weekend and I have been banging on about how bad Brighton are away from home but Cardiff quite frankly are They're, the they are the as you rotten, would say pants yeah, they yeah. are um, so I, I quite fancy Brighton to get the third win of the calendar year on, on the road this weekend. OK, so Brighton to get a win. OK, we've got one late game, Alex, don't we? We have the Spurs at Crystal Palace at 8.30. OK, that's a good one, actually. That's a London Derby, Crystal Palace. Yeah. That's, of course, uh, that's Steve's favourite team, actually. Just so, you, Nicky, are you on with Steve tomorrow night? Yes, I am. You can make fun of them saying that they're going to get tanked by Spurs. Are they going to be tanked by Spurs, Andy? I can't see it, actually. Gen uh, traditionally, this has been quite a tight game. We have mentioned Spurs are very good away from home. Um, they have had the uh, the novelty of... Uh, sorry, they will have the novelty of playing on an actual pitch this weekend. Yeah, which is a, a, a nice one. OK. Uh, and on Sunday, we have four games. On Sunday, we have... Uh, at three, we have Fulham at Liverpool. Then at 5.15, we have Everton at Chelsea. And then at 7.30, you have two big games. You have the Wolves at Arsenal and Man United taking on Man City. Okay, so Man United, Man City, the Manchester Derby, that's what everyone's looking at. And I mean, I can't, like, if, if Mourinho loses this one, he has to be gone, isn't he? I don't think so. I think everyone's expecting Man City to, 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 to get a win. I think if he's sacked off the back of that, I think it's very unfair. Now, look at that to Man City. I mean, it's a bit of a scandal that they're even still allowed to play in Europe because there is that uh, Der Spiegel, the German magazine, had released uh, where, number one, where they had signed Pep Guardiola while he was still at Bayern Munich. But that's a bit of German sort of like stupidity and nastiness. They're, they're used to that. Um, he signed three months before he actually, while he was still working, obviously, at uh, Bayern Munich. But also then financial fair play that uh, Man City drove a bus through it. Yeah, it seems to be that the... Um, and quite, quite frankly, I... I Perhaps if you're a Man City fan, text in. Are, are you ashamed of what's been revealed this week about the dodgy sponsorship deals um, whereby it seems that they've all been artificially set up to bring money in? It seems that people within the footballing organisations have turned a blind eye to it or even assisted them in certain deals. That certainly, that seemed the, 
that the way with Kylian Mbappe, who obviously had all, or it was alleged, had all these uh, demands to, PSG as well, to, yeah. to, to be met. But with Manchester City, I think even the Independent uh, in the last day said that they had player rights deals that they sold to fall back in line with the financial fair play rules that in actual fact they're still making millions off. Well, okay, if we look at it, I mean, the same with Real Madrid. Real Madrid were supposedly bankrupted, no money, and they sold their training ground to the city of Madrid, who then just gave it back to them. For, so basically it's a, not even a loan, it's just like basically giving government money to the club. Well, Barcelona and Real Madrid um, for, for years and years and years have been um, in Barcelona's huge, well, sorry, amount, no, yeah, huge yeah. amounts. I mean, probably the, the largest amount of debt that any football club could imagine, but they're obviously good for it because they, they win lots of prize money every year and turn over player transfers. So I think it, um, certain banks, etc., this has been happening in Spain for years. It seems to be accepted as long as they're falling in the parameters of what they're spending and what they're bringing in. And obviously they have commercial deals that, I, I mean, their shirts are bought all over Moscow, you see. I, I mean, yeah, but they again, turn money in that, you know, perhaps Manchester City wouldn't. Well, that's true. That is true. I mean, even look at as well. I mean, you know, we're talking about, like, where does this money come from? I mean, I didn't hear people, uh, when Barcelona, who are traditionally without a sponsor in the front of their shirt, suddenly said, like, you know, oh, we're going to go with UNICEF. Everybody, everybody knew what was coming next, that they were going to, they were just breaking it the people in. It was one step closer, Exactly. Yeah. And then who did they get? Qatar Airways. So, I mean, it's a, it's a complete and utter joke. I mean, okay, let's be honest. Here in Russia, not a single club is solvent. Not a single club is making money. Every single club, from Dinamo to Lokomotiv to Spartak, without government money of some sort, they're gone. Even even Krasnodar. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really crazy. And I, I was talking about this with um, a, a fellow Scottish football fan who said, would we ever want... Is it a Scottish Okay. Not, not many of us, but... Um, would we ever want our league to go the same way? We were just bought out for, for billions rather than millions and see our club... Become, and, and it kind of goes against the moral of what what the clubs stand for in Scotland, whether it's Rangers, Aberdeen, Celtic. There's some, there's some sort of moral backbone to, to, to what the fans believe in. And that seems to have completely gone out the window in what's become a, an, an absolute financial farce really and I th but I do think I do think that we have to look at it differently in England compared to Scotland because there is that kind of a little bit more uh, well, there's the opportunity place. there's the yeah, opportunity there's a sense of place like in, in Ireland for example I mean just even with it we were talking not so long about uh, GAA I mean every you know you can't buy or sell players players don't get paid you play you play in front of 80,000 people you know on a Sunday and then on a Monday you're back in work as a teacher or a policeman or you're unemployed but there is that kind of like this is our game and we, we love it and for better or for worse that's unfortunately being left behind in this world yeah um, I don't really see how how have you know the, the, the sort of football leaks the wiki leaks of the sporting world how we can really go back when this has been pushed financial fair play has been pushed for, for years that all of these clubs now are falling in line starting to make changes and clearly they're not they're finding loopholes they're finding ways to do it and I, I mentioned to you last week Galatasaray were one of the clubs that obviously got found foul of it didn't play in you and they've taken such a back step and so is Turkish football as a result yeah. Ruby and Kazan Dinamo Moscow I mean even if we look at say the uh, let's just say the very dodgy uh, naming rights for Yakriti Arena 
that is extremely tough. I mean, there's so much you could say about that, but, well, let's just wait until we have a full show on Spartak Moscow, maybe next week. You never know. Right, folks, we are rounding up for this week's uh, Capital Sports. Andy is going to tweet out, of course, uh, his tips for this weekend. We've had a superb show. Hope you've enjoyed it. Nikki. thank you very much for, um, for thank your you. surprise. Thank okay, you. I will owe you one later. Uh, Alex, thank you very <laughs> much wait. for your input. Thank you. Okay, Peter, well done again. Thank you for having me. Andy, thank you so much for uh, being the voice of reason yet again. You might want to take your birthday suit off before you leave. <laughs> yeah, or you can just cover it all up. Right. Uh, so, folks, I am going to... I'm not, I, I could either commit a mass murder here today in the studio, <laughs> but I won't, because I was firmly, firmly set up. Instead, I'm just going to slink away and run away tonight. Right. Um, we're Just so everyone knows, we're going to very, very quickly, Dundalk FC, my beloved Dundalk, Dundalk FC, won the double, they beat Cork City... And they have won the league and the cup at home in Ireland. So we're going to play out tonight. Also linked up with a new movie out about uh, Queen. Um, I think it's called Bohemian Rhapsody. So we are the champions. We are the champions Queen. from Queen. This is for Dundalk. Folks, we'll talk with you next week. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. I've paid my dues time after time. I've done my sentence. But committed no crime And bad mistakes I've made a few Thank you all, but it's been no bed of roses.